Welcome to the Astrology Hub podcast. I'm Amanda Pruel Walsh, founder of Astrology Hub and your host for our flagship show. We explore the many ways astrology can support you in your relationships, career, health, and personal growth. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast episode is brought to you by Astrologer Connect, your premier source for quality astrology readings. Hello, 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 everybody, and welcome to the part two of Choosing Profitable Opportunities with Michelle Dench. If you didn't watch part one, it's going to be somewhere in the little pop-up over here, but it's also in the comments of the video. And if you're listening to it in the audio podcast, you also find it in the description. But last week, we talked about what profitable opportunities are, how to find it in the chart. Michelle Dench even went through my own chart a little bit, and we discussed how some, some of these transits might affect my own chart and how I can start to think about it so you can then look at your own chart and start to put those pieces together. Today, we're going to give you even more to that equation because we'll be talking about Jupiter going through the signs and the houses will also be comparing and contrasting the axis because I think that's always a very important to look at what the opposite end of that might look like. And Michelle does a great job at uncovering all of that. I feel like uh, this episode could be another episode, another episode, because I can think of other things that I didn't say. Jupiter is all about, of course, more and more and more. And at some, you know, Jupiter always hits Saturn, which is like, oh, we're out of time. Oh, for <laughs> sure. Oh, my God. And that's why uh, for, for people who might not have uh, noticed it, we're wearing the same clothes. We're in the same place. It's because we did talk a lot and the episode was just so good that we had to split it into two parts. Let's go with signs and houses to give people like a starting point. And then I think that one thing that people can also do is that if you're if you're hearing Michelle talk about uh, Jupiter in a particular house, you can also look to the ruler of that house and, and see like in what other house that ruler is and then use those two interpretations as a guiding point or just like just a, a, a starting place for you to start exploring some of those opportunities in your chart. And of course, if it gets too confusing, you don't have to do the work. That's why we have astrologers. <laughs> and you can go to astrologerhub.com forward slash connect if you want to chat with any of the astrologers in the platform, or you can go to Michelle Connect uh, if you want to book a reading with Michelle specifically. But with that, let's go through the whole chart. Let's start with Aries and Libra. What would you say if you have like Jupiter and Aries or Jupiter and Libra, what would be the dynamics of opportunity in, in, in that way? Um, Very good question. And also I want to add the footnote of like, this can also be loosely applied to transiting Jupiter, transiting the natal chart. So I think, but if we're talking simply about natal Jupiter, like natal Jupiter and Aries, Aries is all about that instinctual start, that it's the first sign um, in the natural zodiac. We, we, if we start with zero degrees Aries, that is the instinct to create you know, and Aries is, doesn't need other people necessarily to create. It's like that, I have an idea, let me go. And Jupiter in Aries can have a lot of energy 
for, I just need to exhaust desires. I need to move energy. I need to go, go, go. And that person or that like archetypal energy might have a hard time doing the opposite thing, which is Libra balancing, harmonizing, working together with others, seeing what, what do other people need. And in, in many ways, that Libra person is really designed towards like togetherness. They're designed towards listening to other people's ideas and thoughts and feelings and working in an opportunity, in a relational way. So these are two instinctually different ways of working with resources and working um, with opportunities. The Jupiter in Aries, uh, I almost feel like it's like a spark that we're just going to follow, continue to follow the sparks. And in that respect, there's enough courage, hopefully, and enough excitement. But what do we do if sparks don't lead to a fire, right? You can keep spark and have endless ideas that never fully, it needs something more in order for a spark to become a flame and in order for a flame to be tended. That's why Jupiter, I think of, pertains mostly to the opportunities and then what we do with them comes back to our choices. So Libra, on the other hand, is the sign of the merchant and it is the sign. Uh, Jupiter in Libra has an immense capacity to be a great salesperson because of their ability to connect. They have the ability to be a great counselor or um, communicator. They might really be good at um, figuring out and understanding and maybe doing even a little of the cancer thing of anticipating needs and doing what they can do to balance or harmonize. And in that respect, it's really good for figuring out, like, how does this work for everyone and how does this work in a way that benefits all and benefits more than just ourselves, right? And may, I would say maybe the detriment or the downside of this might be really being good at helping others and not so much good at helping ourselves. So this is kind of the archetype of maybe a counselor who has really, really helps a lot of people help with their relationships, but then has really strained relationships at home because they're working all the time or doesn't have enough time to develop the relationships that they would want to have in their life because they're constantly focused on caring for others or the, the family dynamic of, uh, you know, having a lot of, giving a lot of energy to helping others in the family, but not having a lot of solo time or self time for self-care, right? Right. And I also hear a little bit of a few similarities between what you said about my Jupiter in the seventh house and also with Jupiter in Libra. So we just say for people who are listening who have uh, Jupiter either in the first house or in the seventh house that they would be similar as well. 
as far as like Jupiter and Aries, Jupiter and Libra sort mm-hmm. of thing? You know, I think about it like the first house is self. It's the way that the world sees me and the seventh house is other. It's the way that other people are I and relate to other people. They are intrinsically connected. We cannot see others if we are not seeing ourselves and we cannot relate to others without another. And so while these might seem like polarities, they're they're intrinsically going to have some similarity and some crossover with the seventh house and the first house, if that makes sense. Right. So then for the people who are listening, you can use these interpretations for the sign and for the house as well to kind of start piecing these things together. And again, if you need some extra help, you can always turn to an astrologer to help you with that. But with that, uh, let's go to Taurus and Scorpio then. So like either Jupiter and Taurus or Jupiter and Scorpio or Jupiter in the second house and Jupiter in the eighth house. What would you say would be the dynamics there? Well, Jupiter and Taurus can be very self-reliant, right? Values a lot of time to oneself, values the ability to be self-reliant. This can be great in terms of you learn how to grow your own food. You learn how to make your own stuff. You value things that are valuable, right? Venus values. And if you're, if you're overspending Jupiter, Jupiter speaking to anything, doing anything in excess, um, you're going to have the opposite side, which is the Scorpio South Node, a lot of debt. So we might be really careful to, in this kind of polarity, know that what we value is actually valuable. And I think this kind of speaks to the original intention for this podcast. How do I identify opportunities that are really valuable for me? Well, all that glitters is not gold. All the stuff that we have is not going to keep us safe. All having too much stuff can actually prohibit our being able to enjoy what we have. And too much debt can inhibit our ability to keep up with our resources. So Jupiter and Taurus might bring in a lot of uh, abundance and the ability to grow things and the ability to have things that are beautiful and have a real sense of valuing what is valuable. And that balanced with Scorpio South, you know, Scorpio in the eighth house, knowing that all things, we have to let go of all things, right? Trees need compost and soil and dirt and earth in order to grow fruit. That's in this way, that polarity, we have to let go of things. We need to let go of our attachments to things. And a lot of the times we're wanting to be in right relationship to that you can only keep so much. Otherwise, it needs to be shared, right? The eighth house is the house of sharing resources, sharing with others. The second house is the house of um, individual resources. So this is an opportunity for, you know, Jupiter and Taurus 
people to learn how do I grow what is most aligned with my values? How do I also share what I have with others in a way that's free of attachments in, and, you know, Pluto, Scorpio, fear, you know, jealousy, possessiveness, right? That's where we're really learning that. I mean, I've seen this a lot in families where people inherit money and then all of a sudden everyone is fighting over the inheritance. So we've lost a sense of what we truly value in becoming over-identified with the thing or gathering a lot of possessions. You have this beautiful home, you have all these beautiful things, but they're, they're really not worth much in the grand scheme of things, or they're owned by the bank. You don't really own the things that you have. So in that way, Jupiter would want to be free to possess what it possesses and have its own self-reliance and resources, but be free of debt, be free of um, over overextending, you know, and having a lot of, ultimately, Jupiter gives us lessons, wisdom, um, learning around what is truly valuable and what's truly important in our lives. Awesome. Hi, everyone. My name is Laura. I'm the Director of Fulfillment here at Astrology Hub, and we're gearing up for something so special. The Health, Wealth, and Fulfillment Workshop Series featuring world-class astrologers Georgia Stathis, Judith Hill, and Michael Bryan. Combined, these teachers have over a 100 years of experience. If you'd like to join as a student and learn some of the most hands-on techniques for bringing more health, wealth, and fulfillment into your life, join us at the waitlist at astrologyhub.com slash workshop waitlist. Hope to see you there. Um, let's go to the next one. So Gemini and wait, is that right? Yes. Gemini Sagittarius. So third and ninth house as well. This is all about the ideas, you know. So Jupiter expands our thoughts, our ideas, our communication. And in these houses, there are incredible opportunities both to be prolific with thoughts and be incredibly brilliant with, you know, theology. And that the the trap of that is that we can get lost in too much words, too many ideas. Uh, there's a little part of me that's like afraid that I've given too much words and ideas already. I can catch my little Gemini moon is like, oh man, I gave them too much to chew on in the first. <laughs> but it's like really simply learning how to refine ideas into things that we can do with them. Learning how to have our beliefs and the theology of our life actually be driving and inspiring the direction, right? This I'm speaking to the Gemini polarity first and then the Sag polarity. Everything is a journey. And if if we see life as simply a lesson that we're learning and teachings that we're receiving, this, you know, Jupiter is going to bring in the blessings and the lessons in a lifetime of really finding what truth is. 
truth is beyond all the ideas that we have about things. It's beyond all the beliefs. It's squaring to that, you know, Virgo Pisces axis where we could also get lost in serving too much and giving too much and having too many ideas about things, but never really getting, you know, it's like someone who walks around with a a list of ideas for money-making opportunities. And someone asks them, well, what have you done with those ideas? And they're like, well, I've written them down. And then someone says, well, what are you going to do with them? And they're like, well, I've been thinking about it for a long time. It's on my bucket list. And then someone is like, well, has it made you any money? No. Has it taken you anywhere? No. You know, it's like that's the, we can get stuck in a lot of thinking about things that are, you know, of course, great ideas change the world. It takes one great idea to change an entire person's life. What matters is what we actually do with that idea and how we choose to live with our beliefs, right? All of those things are what bring the resource or the thought or the belief to life, if that makes sense. Totally. I had to remove myself from the screen because I was just laughing so much at that that old to-do list because I definitely am guilty of that at time. (laughs) But um, with that, let's go to the next uh, one. So that would be Jupiter and Cancer or Capricorn, so the 4th or the 10th S? The Jupiter in Cancer, you know, is really about caring. It's, um, it has a vulnerability. It's going to be ruled by the moon, so you're going to look to also that where the moon connects to that Jupiter, but it is deeply about feeling and emotional realization through feeling. And in this case, our resource is how deeply we can feel. Our opportunity is in creating space for vulnerability. And, you know, for many people, this might be really being a champion for emotional resilience, like learning how to grow and evolve our our opportunities for connection through our feeling body. The other side of that, the Capricorn side, the 10th house, um, has everything to do with the, the status and the structure and what, you know, we're responsible for. I have a, a a Jupiter in Capricorn in my family, and she really likes to be in charge of doing it herself. You know, it is like not at all about having other people help her. It's very much about, um, I can do that. I'm very capable. And versus Jupiter in Cancer is like, help me do this. I want to do this. You know, so funny. I have both my children are uh, opposite, different little Jupiter archetypes. That's funny. 
I'm just realizing. And they both need support, right? It's not as though we don't need support to do the things that we are called to do, but one needs support to do it on their own and to learn through the hard work of doing something, of taking an opportunity and making it into something really great. And the other needs to feel like they can feel scared and they can feel their feelings and they can, but that they're capable of doing it um, together. And that that emotional process is all about really nourishing something that's really tender and vulnerable to them. So I would say like these polarities are also working with the core structures of our life. Cancer Capricorn is this one of the cardinal accesses. It's a very core, early, early childhood imprinting access. It And if we are seeing Jupiter in this way, it's also highlighting these bigger imprinting dynamics that are really a part of our healing journey. They're a part of our evolutionary journey, but they're they're there for our own learning, right? My my Jupiter in Capricorn, she's learning how to ask for help. She's learning how to ask for the polarity because there are certain limitations to what she can do on her own. Her self-reliance is limited. And my Jupiter in Cancer is learning how to do things himself that he should be able to do himself, you know, and he's learning to be supported to feel the feelings of being scared or being, you know, intimidated. But he also has like big dreams. And I've been supporting my Jupiter and Cancer to make his own YouTube videos because he dreams of, you know, being a famous YouTuber. And it's been really sweet. I I give him the Capricorn structures and support, and then he goes and does it himself in in a way that like you can really feel how much he cares about it. It's been really amazing to witness. Oh my god, you're gonna have to share his YouTube channel now. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I remember I remember myself also on my wee days of wanting to be a YouTuber and like shooting videos with my cousins. <laughs> It's it's really cute. He talks to his audience like like you know, he's like, "Mom, mom, I my video had two likes. Me and your dad." Oh like, my god. After this, he's going to be flooded with likes now. <laughs> oh my god. People who have like millions of subscribers and I'm like, "Wow. You know, it's good to have big aspirations. Jupiter is really we can have really big aspirations." And this is one of the blessings of Jupiter. It can bring in immense optimism. Like he has no limitations on his desires, you know, but then, you know, it takes time to, to get to a million subscribers, you know, I mean, I watch myself and my little subscribers go up and down and it's like, you know, can't, you can't be emotionally attached to that. You can't let that dictate your feelings, your self-value. You can't let what people are going to say or think about what you're doing. In that respect, like the cancer thing points to the sensitivity and the tenderness of putting yourself out there and that not always people are going to be kind and not always people are going to like 
people can be really mean on the YouTube. And um, I, I know for myself too, I, I often take it, you know, I can internalize it and it can become a really tender thing. And that's a learning of the lesson of how human we all are, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. Awesome. I could talk about this for days. <laughs> Let's go into the next one. So Leo, fifth house or Aquarius, uh, 11th house. Right. Leo, fifth house is all about creative, artistic, joyful uh, self-expression, right? And so in, in that Jupiter archetype, we are essentially tuned to the joy of our soul. Uh, and if we're not, you know, the shadow of that is if we're not creatively self-expressing, we can feel resentful or we need to work on and really cultivate a space for Eros, creative life force. And this happens all the time. You know, you have children and there's, they, they have so much energy. They can constantly create a lot of messes. They can create, like creating art is messy. There needs to be some balance relative to how we take care of those creations, how we, we need to have, again, this comes back to the Saturn thing of like having structure and support. All that fire, all that creative energy, we can get burnt out. The other side of that is that that creative energy can become a central channel of life force. It can feed and nourish every other part of our lives. So if we are remaining like in touch with those opportunities and opening to what we need to do to cultivate those opportunities, we will be really clear to also make sure that the flip side, right, Aquarius, that we have communities, groups, people that we're sharing things with. Um, Jupiter in Aquarius, I would say, is really about the 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 online community, the essential humanity that is all interconnected. This is one of the interesting things about AI and Facebook and, um, you know, online communities is that it's created a pathway for expansion and opportunities and creative expression that didn't otherwise exist through the solo individual art. This is one one way in which the the flip side of that that collaborative right these are clubs these are groups these are people that we get along with and one of the things i've noticed about communities whether it's like communities that we are participating in there's always these ways in which we can get stuck in polarity and, um, you know, Facebook is a really great example of where we can see the polarization happening all the time. Different ideas can spread, different memes can spread. And we tend towards an Aquarius like-minded community. What we're really looking for is belonging. 
you know, I would say that Jupiter in Aquarius is the same as the longing for belonging. It's the feeling like I'm from another planet. I'm, uh, I don't quite belong here. And the shadow of that is we can feel alienated and disconnected from communities that we just, no matter where we go, we don't find anywhere where we belong. And this may be an invitation where the opportunity is actually to create beloved belonging, to create like-minded community. And if you haven't found your people or found your tribe, like one of the things I love about Astrology Hub and this community is I feel no matter what, no matter how weird I am or, you know, what I have a little, I have a beloved community. And when I was the inner circle guide, I had such an experience of like being with my soul family, people who I just love. And that is one of the gifts of being on the Astrology Hub platform as an astrologer. When people get matched with me, it's like an incredible feeling of like, oh yeah, this, these people, these are my people and they know me and they're doing the work. And, you know, Aquarius is ruled by Saturn. So it is really about the work that we do in community. Or if you use Uranus as the modern ruler, it's about breaking free. And it, it is that revolutionary nature that brings us into a new way of living, new ideas. And this can really help us. I mean, we all saw what happened as Jupiter moved through Aquarius. We had and mass expansion of interconnection, intergalactic interconnection with all, you know, people joining Zoom groups all over the world to do all the things that they do because we couldn't be in person to one another. And that was such a, like, it's created a massive infrastructure of people being able to connect in ways that we haven't we hadn't ever even envisioned 20 years ago, like none of this existed in people's minds. Like these are, these are all ideas that just automatically, you know, influenced reality on many different levels, even ways that we can't even understand at this point. Nice. I love that. Um, all right. So I think that's the, our, our last one. So Virgo, Pisces, sixth house, 12th house. It's very, I often see the Virgo, this is the healer access, right? And when we're talking about Virgo Pisces, we're talking about healing through the, the spiritual dimension, Pisces, or healing through the physical dimension, Virgo, right? So the doctors, the acupuncturist, the medicine man, medicine woman, the devotional healing access comes through. How are we actually healed? Well, we're healed through the mind. Many, you know, many spiritual traditions point to that all inherent healing happens through the mind. And then we have our body, which is also a vessel for healing. So this Virgo Jupiter can expand where we have opportunities. And Virgo, I often see pointing to also accountants, people who are very meticulous and detail-oriented with numbers and with money. And Pisces would be the, 
you know, the opposite sign where money can come in and serve a larger spiritual calling. The person who comes to mind is Mother Teresa. So she lived a life of Virgo poverty as a healer on the streets of Calcutta, but she had a divine father who provided all things through her. And she she ministered to many, many of the poorest of the poor, right? So in a way, like she relied upon the infinite source of all things to provide the Virgo, you know, necessities. Um, what I would say about Jupiter in these signs is, well, there's a capacity for opportunities to heal very deep, um, at deeper, deeper levels. If we are willing to give ourselves to the healing journey, to the process of forgiveness, to what is, you know, and this is a similarly a Chiron thing. And I think of it from to the wounding itself is where we find the wholeness and the healing itself. And the wounding seems to be driving us towards the healing, just like the sickness or the illness seems to be driving us towards the healing, but it's actually the source of our healing is in knowing our wholeness. And so it's a very ongoing process of realizing, well, we're not the victim of our circumstances. We are a part of a continuum of star, you know, in the same way we have in our blood iron from the stars in the sky. That's how ancient and mysterious we are, but it's also like we need that blood in our body. It's as important that that blood be pure and clean and healthy, and we have to treat our body and our temple and our mind as much as we would treat like a, a speck of dust, like everything, the infinite as is as important as the finite. And that's the thing to remember in that axis is, is it's an ongoing lesson around opportunities for healing, for service, opportunities to be a part of a receiving vehicle. The 12th house, you know, the sixth house is a vehicle for receiving. The 12th house is where everything emerges from. And the sixth house is the place where all healing occurs. So this is a very significant part of the the journey for the for souls with those placements right and I, as we went through all of these houses a question came because i'm thinking about somebody who might be a little bit skeptical like they they went on the video and they they saw choosing profitable opportunities and we went on this whole like spiritual <laughs> journey and they're like, how am I going to make money just by leaning into these like other areas of life? And I think I think the, the first thing is that you would be surprised just by like even uh, abandoning that sort of like I need to make money. I need to make money sort of mentality, how much just leaning into these things could help. But I'd love to hear from you, too, Michelle. How would you say that 
leaning into these Jupiter placements where they're pointing towards opportunities, how they can be sources of just not not just like literal profit as unlike money, but also profitable in other ways. And what other ways would could we interpret profit in that sense? Yeah, I mean, well, to the spiritual question, it's like when you came in as a soul inside of your mother's womb, your life was not dependent on whether she was focusing on you. Um, you know, if like every pregnancy would fail, if the woman stopped focusing on the baby, that would, you know, we would, humanity would cease to exist. There was something inherent and inherent intelligence in her being that developed all that you are and then knew exactly when you should emerge into the world. And all along your life's journey, you have been taken care of in some way, shape, or form. Not to say that we didn't experience trials, tribulations, suffering. Like I, I am no stranger to the, the darkness of humanity. And it, that has been one of the deepest places of my own evolution is to really come to understand like through all of that, there has been a grace that has carried me. Yes, I have worked jobs. You know, my first job was being the sample girl at the pretzel maker. I was a teenager because I told my mom I wanted more money. And she said, well, I'm a single mom. Go out, make your own money. So then the next day I came back and I said, I have a job and I need you to sign this worker's permit. And I've been working ever since. And from an evolutionary perspective, I consciously chose, I always thought, oh, I have to have a job. I have to have a job. And one of the things that really tested that belief in I have to have a job was leaving the world of having a job to create my own business. And to start my own business meant trusting in a power that was greater than myself to support me through a transition. While it also meant, practically speaking, I still had bills to pay. I still had rent to pay. I still had to face psychological fears. You know, so all of this can be applied at whatever level is relevant to our life experience. I can tell you, like, you know, there is, we can have experiences of, food stamps and poverty and struggle. And that is real for people. And it's as important to figure out how do I unwind those patterns as it is to trust in a benevolent universe and wish to Jupiter for some money and practice, you know, the art of manifestation on the new moon and be calling in a check for $10,000, you know, and it's like, and both of those things can happen and we can have both of those life experiences. And, you know, so it's all it's at true. the same time, even sometimes <laughs> I can I could speak to a story of that. So I really feel like I know that a lot of what I offered may be overwhelming in many ways for people to unpack. And a part of what I want to point everyone back to is that on a on a soul level we're going to be learning what it is to really define what our needs are especially in this time 
And if you need to learn how to manage a paycheck and get, you know, get your finances organized and really balance a budget and stick to that budget and be able to build up a savings account and a reserve, or if you need to learn to trust the universe because you're, you're calling in something much bigger than what you've ever, but you're going to have to, you know, get there through commitment and trust and faith. It's all the same in, in the end. It's all a part of the, the opportunity that we're given every time we're given a lesson, every time, oh man, my checking account's overdrawn because this time I wasn't paying attention to the bills that were coming in. And now I'm being reminded of that feeling of lack. And I really need to learn how to manage within my resources and focus my attention. Or I'm ready to have a house of my own and I'm ready to build an, you know, whatever it is, your desired dream reality. Each of those things is going to take both the wisdom, the, the, the journey, the focus, and the sustained commitment to it in order to experience whatever it is that we desire. And Pluto, you know, Pluto in evolutionary astrology points to that bottom line desire. So on a bottom line, we're going to be learning something deep and fundamental as a collective about the foundations of our life and what we rely upon for financial security, relational security, emotional security. You know, these are going to be ongoing lessons that we'll be looking at. Awesome. Oh my God. This was such a good episode. For anyone who is curious, but more curious about the the financial state of the world, the fin your own financial state, and you really just love like the, the finances of astrology. We do have a few offerings over here at Astrology Hub that can help you. Like I talked about earlier today, you can book a, a reading with Michelle so you can go into deeper into your own chart. And the link for that is astrologyhub.com forward slash Michelle Connect. But with that, I think that we covered it all. If you like the video, please leave a, a like and a comment as well. You have no idea how much it helps. Like the YouTube algorithm is all about those likes and comments. So even if you just say hi <laughs> or just leave like a little heart in the comments, you have no idea. It, it goes a long way. So I hope to see you on the next episode. This podcast is presented by Astrology Hub. You can learn more and find all of our shows at astrologyhub.com slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, review, and hit subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you can stay up to date on the latest episodes and help more people find the wisdom of astrology. Thank you for taking the time to do this now. Thank you for being a part of our community and for making astrology a part of your life.